ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Infection Podcast. We cover the always evolving intersection of the video game industry alongside a little bit of a modern political talk here and there. My name is Nick Craig. You can give me a follow on the illustrious Twitter machine at Nicholas M. Craig and check out our website, infectionpodcast.com. We got a lot of stuff going on this week and it wouldn't be, uh, couldn't do it alone. My uh, trusty co-pilot who is uh, not passing out is uh, Brian, too soon, maybe. Brian with an eye alder. Hey, Brian, yeah. hope all's, hope all's <laughs> well. Hey, I am doing well. At Boise Computer on Twitter, if you want to get a hold of me there, or at Brian, Brian Aldridge on Gab, Getter, Truth Social. Uh, one thing I wanted to say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I and I didn't, tell, I didn't tell you in the pre-show, um, I have, my wife and I have been playing Diablo 4. I don't know oh. if you've had, if you've looked at it. No, uh, I've not. We, we, it came out yesterday. I, I didn't do all the pre-order because I wasn't, I'm not super attached to, I look at yeah, the differences between the pre-orders. Yeah, I would have gotten it like two days early. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't and care. yeah, and I was just like, I'm not that attached. I won't have time over the weekend anyways. And by the time I thought of it, it's like, oh, it's out. So we sat there for a little while and played yesterday. Um, what you feels like the, the Xbox series X. Okay. So you're playing it on Xbox. Yep. So we'll, just playing through some of the story uh, feels very much like Diablo does. One thing, I don't know what engine they use. I, it's I think it's an in-house engine, if I remember I'm correctly. I'm sure. Um, but I would hope. I was just hoping that the graphics in would just be better in certain areas because there's places where sometimes you can see that it's not high definite. Like for this, back if you're. I remember when it came out in the what the nineties. Original Diablo, yeah, the like original nineties Diablo, yeah. and the graphics at that time for what computers were generally capable of felt amazing mm-hmm. for that game. It just it looked like it was just beautiful compared to anything else you could really play. And I just I would hope that for this generation of a game you're releasing, you know, practically today that it would be to where all of those little details, like you didn't see the pixelated and the stretched textures over a generic you know I, I just was surprised to see that because why have that um you know if you're gonna no. do it, i would like to see a, like an unreal engine 5 and just have everything ultra detail because that's the kind of stuff i like to see because they put in a lot of detail but it's just they miss it sometimes is it possible that they have scaled down that version because of all of the different devices that it's on and maybe it's just not a super high-res version I mean, that's my initial thought. Well, Those, it almost I, seems a little buggy. I, I feel I'll like they what, didn't though. beta test it enough. Diablo 3, I, Diablo 3 came out like what? Like a, a, okay, a decade ago. I knew I was right about this. 2012. Yeah. And I I remember that. Diablo 3 didn't look all that great when it came out. It still, it still had the same kind of crappy early 2000s look to it. I think that's just yeah. kind of the Diablo. The menu system is still all weird and old and janky. Um I have a suspicion not, that like between, they just haven't between those years. It just I, hasn't I don't think changed they, a lot. No, I don't think it's. I don't. I think that's part of the uh, the fact that Diablo three. I mean, I'm looking at a picture of Diablo 3's HUD. Um, I, I don't. Of course, how? Do, I don't know how. I mean, why does Wikipedia have an image this small on source? I mean, <laughs> seriously, what the hell? This image is. I mean, what the resolution of this image is literally. Uh, I I can't even I can't even tell the resolution of the image. It's so. It's 373 by 266. Why is Wikipedia Perfect. storing an image of this size? Um, well, when it was edited and saved on a cell phone back in the 90s. Yeah, this is from 2012. <laughs> this is Diablo 3. Um, I, what I wanted to show was... Jeez, uh, I just look like a rank amateur here. Sorry, I should have I should have told no, you no, I was no. going to talk about this. No, no, no. You didn't, need to show me, you didn't need to tell me anything. I just... I, I vividly remember... Yeah, I mean, here's a picture of Diablo 3 in 2012. Does it look better than the one in the 90s? Objectively, yes. But in 2012 standards, this is, this is, I mean, this is nothing amazing. This is nothing, this is nothing crazy. Um, And I think this is kind of, that's kind of the illustrious, that's kind of the, one of the things of a game of this era. It's this weird top-down style game. The HUD is, I I believe, almost exactly the same as it's been for this point yeah. 25 what, plus do you want to do you want to pull up do you do like diablo 4 screenshots there's a ton of them but it'll give you a little bit of an idea if you see one that maybe has the menu bar or something on there shots yeah let me uh let me get to that uh because now it, didn't we it play... does look better i mean there is more detail 
Did we not play a Diablo game on the phone? What did I just play? Wasn't that a Diablo, Diablo game or was that something else? Yeah, Diablo. Oh, yeah, 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 I played that. Um so yeah, I mean, yeah, Brian, it looks yeah, it looks it's exactly the same. I mean, the the animation, yeah. the icons, the um, the NPCs and the characters, they don't look great. They never have, and they didn't look good in the 2012 yeah. version. So it's I don't think it's a technology issue. I think it's uh, this is the style of game that we make because they're and, creating huge amounts of levels. So it's sure, like I, I can imagine yeah. they they got to churn out a certain amount of content, and I'm sitting there obsessing over one little level. It's like, <laughs> well, why didn't they put all the definition <laughs> and detail in this yeah. level? On Look the three hundred levels, that they, <laughs> yeah, they designed three hundred levels, and I'm 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 obsessing over one because they didn't quite put in the level of detail. But I think you know there is probably a standard that they say, hey, you know, we're we're making every all of the objects to this standard, and that's where you cut it off. Don't get, but it, but but you know who knows. Brian, we're very fortunate to live in our time and society where people with autism are treated as equals, so it's okay. It's it's to, it's okay. We understand <laughs> yeah. that you have an issue, and we uh, we accept you for it, and we love you. Okay, I just want to make sure you know that. All right. Now there are some day one bugs that I noticed. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, you look at you look at the uh, the tattoos that they have. You can pick a tattoo that goes in your character, uh-huh. and with the various skin tones. So, like on my character, it just it did not. It looks like a weird glowing texture on the side of an object. It didn't look like a tattoo at all. The only one that seemed to look really good. Well, but on the white character, like the white female that my wife picked, um, what that one, the tattoos look normal. Mine was a dark, little bit darker skin and they just look all crazy. So I'm sure that's stuff that they're going to have to polish and fix uh, a few bugs here and there. Uh, but I, you know, I don't, as I was saying before, I don't think, I don't feel like they tested it quite enough because, you know, there were glitches, I know the servers went down, so maybe some of my glitches were because uh, the servers were crashing, you know, at some point during that day. Yeah, well, and let's be perfectly clear and honest about it, Brian. There's what's who cares if you bug test this stuff? A game like Diablo, yeah. it's got such a strong fan base and people that are so interested in it. You're still playing it, presumably. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, as, as yeah. awful as that sounds, it it just doesn't matter. Um, you'll still, yep. you're still going to play it and, uh, you'll deal with the bugs. They'll fix them soon. TM and, uh, you'll have a grand old time while, while it's happening. That's, uh, yeah, that's and what, that's I guess what we're that's dealing the, with. That's the benefit and the downside of this kind of always online. Cause this is kind of an always online game, but always online sure. generation now, because when they made the original Diablos and games in that generation, the, the games had to be fairly polished because you might be putting that on a CD that people were going to be directly installing and maybe not having access to internet or, you know, it's not something that you, people would update you to build an updating system into the infrastructure of the game because there wasn't a system for it. Like all, all kinds of things that now they just, I think they rely too much on. We can patch it. Oh, we'll, we'll just put it out how it is. We'll fix it by release day. And then they don't. And you know, a week later, it's finally starting to run how it should have. Um, well, I'm glad you're playing that. Uh, keep us uh, yeah. keep us up to date with uh, how that goes. Uh, huge news this week. Uh, just a uh, uh, yes, yeah, yesterday, uh, yeah, yesterday. Um, Apple held their annual uh, WWDC, their Worldwide Developers Conference, and for the last couple of years, specifically the last two or so, there's been a lot of question about why Apple has not yet plunged into the VR space. You've got Facebook, or prior to the Facebook, you had Meta, now Facebook. You've got a faceplant. You've got got Oculus, of course, with their setup. You've got HTC. Um, VR is is one of the things that is super hot right now, and Apple has uh, essentially been on the sideline until yesterday when they showcased this thing, which... Um, looks yeah. like a set of ski goggles. That's the equivalent to this. If you, you Sean White snowboard or ski goggles. Um, and, uh, I'll tell you what, this is, uh, it's a- Apple does stuff. They sure as hell do it with a bang because this thing they claim it's by the way, it's called the vision pro headset and it's going to be running Apple's vision OS. And they claim that this can replace us Presumably you live alone, um, but it can replace your television. 
It can replace your computer monitors. It's going to replace your sound system. When you are home, you will, and not eating or doing laundry or whatever, doing active tasks, you will be sitting on your couch or sitting in a chair and you will be, and you will have this Vision Pro headset on. Um, They show, it's this kind of weird AR slash VR reality that they're creating. it's almost what they have to do, the augmented reality. Cause yeah. They, because they can't take over your whole head like they do in VR because you have to be able to still see what's going on around you. If you're gonna do exactly. It and that's kind of what this is doing. It's essential, It's mapping out your your sphere in, in this and then doing AR and uh, VR on top of this. You can see on this screenshot, this would be a view inside the headset. You've got a web browser open reading something. And you've got your iMessage window that you've got, of course, got connected with your Apple ID. So you've got text messages going on and you're reading an article or watching a YouTube video. Um, in this one yeah. here, it's a, it's a similar thing. It's the, it's, you're sitting in your, looks like a bedroom in this case, and you're reading some site unseen, whatever the hell that is. It's a website. Um, this one sitting in again, same room and there's some sort of HUD or, or general user interface that you're using on this device. Um, it does not come without some, uh, significant, uh, strings attached. Not only, by the way, the thing is tethered. You can see, um, right here next to her, what would be her left cheek. There's a cord, there's like a power pack essentially that this thing comes with that's holding all of the technology. It's got an M1, excuse me, an M2 processor, which is the equivalent to what they have in their MacBooks and what they're calling their R1 processor that is, they have a, Brian, there's so many sensors, cameras and different things in this device. They have built their own piece of silicon to just handle the sensor input because they boast a 12 second 12 millisecond delay, which is for all intents and purposes, real time. That's that's that the yeah. human eye is not going to be able to decipher that. But that comes with a price tag. Thirty five hundred dollars is the cost for this thing. It is crazy expensive. Um, yeah. It's not a, set to be available to the general public for uh, they didn't give a general public uh, release date. It's going to be made available for developers later this year um and then they are going to presumably open it up to the public but um i guess i'm sure you saw a little bit about it or read a little bit about it in the last day or so give us your uh, g- give me your general your general take your general overview of something like this well i think this is the kind of thing that apple needs to be doing if they want to be taken seriously like they used to be back uh back when Steve Jobs was in charge, because this is the type of thing that Steve Jobs would have pushed out the door and demanded perfection with. He would, he would have, he would have said, I want it to be just like this. And I want it to have this and I want it to be, and would have pushed it to where it was something that was like nothing else seen. Um, if this is that, I'm not sure because the people that are currently running it, I haven't seen that track record that he, he used to show. Yeah. I, you know, it's, there's been too many things that have been released and didn't really, weren't that impressive, or they were on par with the other phones on the market being released on under Android or be now being beat by Android phones when it comes to stats, which never would have happened back in the day. And so yeah. I think here, um, you know, the landscape is different, but if with something like this, if they can set the standard just like they did with mobile um, music, just like they did with cell phones. Um, they've done, they did a really good job with that Apple TV even. I mean, I've, I've, I don't have one personally that I use, but I, you know, I've seen them in operation. Um, if they treat it like that and get this to where it's something that your average everyday person gets in their house and is willing to use on a regular basis, and they can make it comfortable and it doesn't make you dizzy, get that. And people will start using them because up to this point, it's been something that totally either engulfs everything where you can't do anything else, or it's been what Google put out that was weird looking glasses that give you a little box that you're supposed to stare up, but up in the corner to try to be able to use your computer. Um, If this is enough to where they can figure out, well, if you're just wearing that, how do you give inputs to it? Maybe Elon Musk uh, Neuralink, because that's 
that's uh, something this thing, that just got, it's got eye tracking technology. You literally look at the icons and it okay, will, so it, so it, you that, can give it inputs mm-hmm, with eye yeah, tracking. Okay, good, absolutely. Yeah, um, that's like the, I, that's essentially so they can get that smooth because there's no there's no uh, I have an Oculus. Uh, no, I have mm-hmm. a I have a Quest. Yeah, the yeah I have a Quest, and it's got the two joysticks, and that's your that's yeah. your UI. People, um, yeah, and people I, can't just is, walk around with those all day. I mean, to no, be you look a like a jackass. Item. <laughs> I mean, and so if you can get it with eye tracking. To that's, where yeah, that's how it works. Almost seamlessly, you're able to, you know, categorize and make things happen. If they can make that feel like the way that they in the past have been able to make Apple products feel, as far as making complex seem simple and feel simple, but he by by making it even more complex. Um, I, I think if if they can do that with this, uh, you know, it might be the one that kind of is the the thing that people use, just like well, for so long the MacBooks were iPhones were, uh, iPods were, it's just, they have a list of things that they were the one to use for years until other things caught up. So two things, according to Apple, the pro vision, the, the Apple vision pro, that's the name of the device will use a mixture of hand gestures. Again, the reason it has to have this special chip to handle the inputs like in is front of your so face much data. Type of yeah, gestures. So, I mean, they show a little picture here, um, and this is this is what typing in the interface looks like. So you will literally move your hands out as as if you were typing on a keyboard. Uh, okay, and works. again, the, if it's smooth, yeah. Why does it have so? Why does it have to have its own chip for handling inputs? Yeah. Because there's so there's so much. So hand gestures, eye movement, and spoken commands. So there is no controller, no joystick. Now there's going to be games, which we'll talk about in a minute. That will be able to use things yeah. like the Joy, the uh, PlayStation Five controller and stuff. But the other thing, Brian, that is what I took away from watching their thing. This is what Zuckerberg wanted to do with the metaverse. This was yeah. his idea with the metaverse, but his de- but the device wasn't practical for it. It didn't make any sense. It, it's yeah. just the device wasn't powerful enough, which makes sense. the The Quest is like three hundred bucks. This is thirty five hundred dollars. I mean, you're talking about yeah. you know buying an eight hundred dollar clunker off a of Facebook Marketplace or a you know a brand new Lexus. I mean, it's just not. They're not even comparable yeah. products. But to me, this is if there's going to be a modern metaverse, you know, the new second world yeah. or what, whatever, or second life, whatever this stuff is, this is it because it's got the mixture of usability. No yeah. controllers and none of that other stuff. And the sensory input that, correct, you can actually use this thing without just kind of sitting yourself on a chair. Like when I, whenever I do pretty much anything in VR except for one or two games that I play, you typically sit down. Because if not, you're, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I find it, I find it very uneasy not to know where I'm standing. I know you're supposed to get into the whole yeah universe and everything but it's but it's tough it's it's a hard thing to that's to not deal what with. the metaverse is going to be right that the metaverse is going to be exactly as you're saying it's going to be when everybody has a device just like pretty much what facebook was for a long time for for grandmas and and people um you know that was the internet for them and so they would go there and there was all these things that they could see and do i think this is going to be where it's the commonplace that's that's joint because if you're going to have augmented reality where you're walking down the street and you're seeing maybe a, a virtual advertisement in front of a store that's you know giving you a special whatever, that needs to go between multiple systems. It can't just be an Apple product. You know, people aren't going to want to develop all these things. So if they could come up with a standard that because it wouldn't be metaverse if they were by device, it needs to be something to no matter what. Just like on the internet, when I go to Microsoft.com, it goes to one place. That's got to be the metaverse. Well, where whatever you're getting into, what you consider the metaverse has to be the same place, just like the internet. If if, if I know anything about Apple, they are not. They will make it. The metaverse will exist, but you'll have to have the Apple so they, Vision Pro to do it. That's probably will overtake them in the end, right? They, I, I say, yeah. I always say, they start out at top, top, hold it for a while, and then eventually, you know, they get caught up with or overtaken on things. This may be what ends up leading to it is to where because they don't they don't let loose and they, they want to eventually join into what becomes the metaverse. They're going to have to draw, open the wall and merge them together. If they, however they choose to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, you can iTunes. I mean, it was, where else are you going to buy music? What are you, an idiot? Like you're buying yeah. it on iTunes or you're torrenting it. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I, I don't, I definitely don't envision that, but, um, 
Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the gaming side of this, Brian. Um, our uh, good friends Unity, who we uh, we talk about a lot, of course, with a lot of the newer games coming out. All that stuff is running on Unreal, um, but Unity yeah. is still the premium uh, uh, engine for mobile games, tablet games, and still a lot of general PC games. Um, it is an incredibly popular, diverse engine that can run on literally anything. Um, and their stock surged nearly 26% on Monday after Apple announced that they would be working with Unity as part of the release of their headset. Um, yeah. With this, uh, uh, Susan Prescott, Apple's vice president of Worldwide Developer Relations said, we know there is a community of developers who have been building incredible 3D apps for years. So we're not even talking about gaming yet. 3D apps for years. Today we are excited to share that we've been working with Unity to bring those apps to Vision Pro. So popular Unity-based games and apps, because there's plenty of apps, you can use the Unity engine to build 3D apps and things as well, um, can gain full access to Vision OS features such as pass-through, that's where you can literally see, high-resolution rendering, and native gestures. Um, mm -hmm. So that is what they announced. And uh, I mean, I know Epic's, I know okay. that they're in different okay. spots, but this is huge for Unity. No, this is massive. Uh, okay, but following right behind that, we've got something from Epic. Epic, they just released for their developer tools for Unreal Engine an update for Apple Apple Silicon Max. Yes. So some of the Apple hardware they're supporting natively now, which should allow for people to be able to make and take advantage of all these high-end Unreal Engine 5 because that's really where it's going to be at. If you can get, in the end, if you'll want it to be ultra-realistic because if you're blending something into the real world, it has to be seamless. And I think that that's going to be where it ends up going. But you know, I think this will get it to where I would assume this would allow you with this native support for them to maybe make apps or games, whatever they're going to make on Unreal Engine. It might, but it's, it's going to come down to whether um, Apple Apple's partnering with Unity. So they say the things like, um, yeah. what, what did I say? Um, uh, pass through high resolution rendering and native gestures. That stuff's likely not to be available in every single in every single app. So this this partnership with Unity is is going to be really big for them. Um, and what one of the other big things to note about this, you talked about advertising. Unity's got one of the biggest ad marketplaces in the world because of all of their yeah. games and apps that are all out here. So that the the advertising um, element of this is is essentially going to be native with it too. So um, yep. this is a uh, this is big for Unity, who I think we've talked about on this show. I don't know that I'd be able to pull the episode for you, but how they're not going to compete with Epic when it comes to making this crazy, you know, hyper realistic, detailed universe. They're not going to compete with that, but they don't have to. There's no reason to. Yeah. They're kill. They kill it in the mobile game market, and if depending on how this device goes, and again, I have to note. $3,500 price tag. This thing is not cheap. But depending on how this goes, Brian, I mean, you cement yourself in the next generation of how people interact with technology. Shit, I'd rather yeah. be Unity than uh, Unreal in that case. Because if they're going to make the tools that make it easy to be able to get these objects in this metaverse world, however that happens. We know uh, how yeah, easy yeah, it know is. Those... We've played well, with the but... Unity editor. It's so incredibly easy to do stuff. I think there. that with AI, if they can start implementing AI into these to where the common person, just like people with AI, have been making pretty crazy things lately. Yeah. Uh, in the in the development world, if I want to be able to make a little thing to entertain myself in my virtual little world, I can have the AI generate it for me. I don't know how to make it myself, but I can have it on the fly. Create. I want chess. You know, because how's the metaverse really work? It work. It's really going it to come down to AI <laughs> because a person's going to have to be able to say, "I want to play chess with my friend." Okay, either somebody's going to have to make a chess board, and they're all going to be a couple of the ones that you choose from. And then it's going to place, you know, chessboard.graphic right here. And mm -hmm. then you play chess on that object. I don't necessarily think that may be the only way that this works. I think the way that's going to be cool is where, uh, just like Snapchat, when they have these things that are happening with the video feed, I think you're going to have to have something like that where AI is creating objects or creating a chessboard based on what it knows the chessboard to be, placing it in front of you. It's totally unique to you because it was just made, just like all the stuff with ChatGPT. 
and then bam, there you go. I just, I think that that would be a much better implementation because there's the no limits features of it will draw people in. Like people will see it and feel like it's limitless because that's what the metaverse needs to be. It's limitless, limitless, like the internet kind of feels. Exactly. No, no question on that. So um, that's a set. I think developers are getting it late this year. Uh, will mm-hmm. should be available sometime next year. Um, so that uh, that'll give us a lot of uh, it'll be interesting to see from a, a gaming, re- excuse me, a gaming realm, how uh, all that yeah. works out. Yep, we will see. All right. Um, one thing, do you, do you care where we go from here? No, not at all. All right. Cool. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about PlayStation uh, for just a little sure. bit because yeah, what should we got? I thought it was interesting that there was an article that came out where Romania's antitrust <laughs> department has put a probe against PlayStation, wow. and you know what they're accusing them of? Um, um, it, the uh, the exclusive. It's got to be something with a PC exclusivity. Yes, yes, they are. They say that they are abusing. The games industry with these ps5 exclusivities which we've been talking about from the get-go you know, brian really, it's now, it's ask often me romania said, that backs us up <laughs> it's often said the thing you accuse other people of doing are the things that you're guilty of yourself and i know i had to be well, that they're the guy perfect, they're the perfect example they are the perfect example of this unbelievable uh, yeah abusing your citizenry versus yeah. uh <laughs> there we go so you know, and I, I do agree with this for the most part, though, that you know, I, I now they're a private company that can do whatever they want. So I don't necessarily call it abusing. Um, there are limits that, that end up sometimes on a, a levels of abuse. But here, I think that if they want to do a bunch of exclusivities and that's their thing, have that be their thing. Because in the end, I think that then other people that are competing against them will come up with strategies and things that work better to compete against somebody that's doing that um and whether it'll be people saying well we're going to get exclusive so you can't get them that may be the way that it's dealt with or you know people they just may make make better games that everybody else has and those ones aren't interesting enough to go get a playstation anymore uh but i think that i think that stop trying to stop them from doing this i don't know that that's really a good answer because you know shouldn't they be able to make exclusives if they want to like, is it really our right to have every single game the exact way that we want it to have the game? I mean, it's good to feel that way. But I just, I don't know that this is something where they need to step in and try to change it. Yeah. Um, that'll stop. In, that'll stop in a minute. Um, <laughs> Get some weather rolling in. Yeah, apparently. I, was, I wasn't aware, but uh, <laughs> it apparently is. Um, so... It is interesting as you watch them lob grenade after uh, atomic bomb after stick of dynamite at Microsoft and make all of these yeah. horrific accusations. And Brian, I, you were the first one that I think mentioned the idea. Sony is not only the video game company, but what about Sony motion? What about the the movie and I mean they they completely no. control they don't control that market but Microsoft doesn't even have they're one of the biggest players to compete yeah. to that um and I know that they just released the new Spider-Man movie in the last couple of weeks I think that may have been even this past week that came out um I I don't know anything about the Romanian Competition Council the RCC but uh yeah I'm not sure how on the up and up they are as uh, Mr. Leahy would say Cheers, genitals, and go along with his. I mean, it, Brian, it's about time. And this <laughs> yep. this piggybacks on another story you have in here where they're doubling down on it, saying, you know what, PC players, you know, piss off. We're not we're not because doing it. <laughs> what's going to make them really compete? Because they're saying they're saying, oh well, we can't let Microsoft. As I've said before, you can't let Microsoft be too good, right? You can't quite. You got to hold back Microsoft a little bit. But if you look at what PlayStation's doing, they're not trying to be the best. Because if you really wanted to get to the biggest market, once you release on PC and PlayStation, you're still selling the game. Like well, you're not helping the competition necessarily. You're getting the money other than the fee from Steam or however you decide to distribute the game or through your own come up with something yourself. 
But see, this is precisely the argument that Microsoft made, made, makes, and continues to play out on. They're not going to, I don't, for one minute, and I, here's, Microsoft's a greedy company. All corporations are greedy. It's, it's in their nature. Their goal is to make as Built much money yeah. as possible for their shareholders. It comes with, so I, I don't need to hear any of that. The point is that it would make zero sense for Microsoft to take a franchise like Call of Duty, one of the arguably one of the most well-known gaming franchises outside of Mario and all that stuff that has ever existed yeah. and strip it off of what 30% of their player base? I mean, I don't know yeah. what the number is. It's got to be close to a third. Well, it would make that would yeah. be the stupidest thing that they could possibly do. There would be no logical business sense and Microsoft is a business sense company. They've proven that. So, but, Sony's, but the, Sony's the stupid. Thinking. But see, that's their other way of thinking. They're thinking, all right, if we don't release PC day one, that means the people are getting a perk for owning a PlayStation and because then they'll be more likely to own PlayStation so they can get day one access to games that they really like. Which, um, which I think that's fine. the thinking behind it, which is fine. But, you know, that we just have to accept it. I mean, if that's how they want to do it, that's how they want to do it. And if you're feeding into buying a PlayStation to get that day one exclusive, you're justifying them doing it. Well, but really? So I have, I think, a little bit of a, I have a little bit of insight on this. You know, turn the, I'll turn my, turn my clock back a decade, 16 years mm -hmm. old. Well, maybe, okay, maybe, maybe 12 or 14 years ago. All right. I wasn't playing PC games. And at the time, you go back to the late twenty, uh, late two thousands, before two thousand and ten, you had video games were very segmented. You had console yeah. games and PC games. Very little crossover uh, between those two things. Yes, you had the Maddens and maybe a couple of those, but Call of Duty, those games, those early PC games, they made a couple of the first ones early. They then they stopped for many years because there was just no market for it. So this is a common thing for me. I'm very familiar with the idea of timed exclusives. I dealt with it my yeah. entire video game or, you know, when I was in middle school and high school. It was all exclusives. I never played God of War. I never played all these other games because they were exclusives. My friends that had PlayStations yeah. never played Halo. They never got the Call of Duty DLC early because they didn't have an Xbox. So that in yeah. itself isn't the egregious act to me. It's that, that they are pointing at Microsoft and saying, ooh, look, boogeyman. And it's like, yeah. this is what both of you guys have done forever because yeah. that's what you're, that's the objective. You, wanna, you want yeah. people to buy your consoles because you don't make any money on them. So you, that's, that's exactly what you do. Yeah, and I mean, we'll see if they, I assume they're going to keep doing it. Uh, and the only way that they'll stop is if they end up being the ones that are losing out and it becomes, you know, kind of becomes the public joke that, Hey, look at what, how they're doing this. Nobody plays them anymore. Uh, but I think they're going to ride it out because they, some of these things do go back and forth with the console wars, but I, I think they're unsure of where the console wars are going because I mean, just look at how they kind of responded to the whole cloud gaming thing. Um, that's still very much up in the air. One thing like, okay. One thing I wanted to mention that's Can I been touch on the that whole CMA thing. Yeah. Sony's lost. I mean, they are completely the, the, the cloud. Yeah. They, 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 they're, there's so many directions right now. You've got, we just talked about VR. You've got um, cloud game, game streaming that's a thing. You've got the physical hardware itself. You've got PC. You've yep. got mobile game. They are, they are, they're in the middle of the ocean, Brian just wading around yep. and there's nothing around them and they don't know what direction ahead. And that's a tough position to be in. They don't, I honest to God, yeah. don't believe they know what the hell to do. And that's the thing is I think they're kind of behind trying to figure out what they're going to do and seeing all these other people sprinting. And there's a lot of directions to go right now, uh, Yeah, uh, you know, with million, all the VR and, and just AI and just everything, uh, you, you know, to be the leader in the market, you have to have been working on that for years. And I think they haven't put in the prep time and I don't think they were ready for it. They get the things that we're looking at now saying, oh, that's cutting edge. I don't think they were ready for in a lot of the areas. No. Uh, one thing that a lot of the the objection of the CMA, which was the UK's rejection of the whole uh, Activision Blizzard purchase, mm -hmm. was over, as we talked about, the cloud gaming. Yes. They didn't want cloud gaming being dominated. Um, 
But one, I found some interesting things that, you know, for supposedly CMA only spent four weeks out of its 32 weeks time that it had to investigate oh. the, the whole merger on cloud. Of course, it's not you a know, big so, deal. Sony so, doesn't but, have anything but, but to compete they, with. But they justified their whole decision on that. If that's your whole decision, half the time of what you're, you're devoting to um, analyzing that should be on the reason of the rejection. If, if that's what you're putting the crux in the whole decision, basing it on that, then it better be a strong argument. And that's not a strong argument right now. It was, it was the stupidest argument when we heard it. And I think... I don't know if it was you or me made the point that either they are going to be just excoriated on such a public stage where they have yeah. to revert their decisions um, or there or Sony will just pull everything out of pull everything out and move it, move it over to the European Union. Um, well, so the EU claims that the C they are saying that CMA overstated it. That's their statement. What? One thing that, that, you know, of course, then are all the rumors come out. And I think this one, uh, this was from Windows Central. They're saying that a CMA director who blocked that Microsoft, Microsoft Activision uh, merger previously worked for a Sony law firm, which coincidence should make it so you'd have to recuse yourself. If you're in a, a position of power making decisions like this for government reasons, you would have to recuse yourself. You're no longer non-biased in that area. Or you at least have to say you'd have to make a statement that hey I you know I have a history in this so take my opinion into the whole matter uh, you know with that understanding but yeah as, as they say conflict of interest identified you know is it enough for them to go back and it's not not really a court but they can go back and say hey we feel like we were treated unjustly they don't have time to redo the whole thing they're appealing uh, maybe it. it'll just make yeah but that may be enough for them for the CMA to just kind of say all right you know whoops this isn't worth it yeah or blame it, it on that person they could be the scapegoat for looking like foolish idiots say we you know we didn't realize <laughs> get rid of that person make them the scapegoat because they they detoured us and they blinded us all we couldn't see it i'm really not stupid <laughs> you know it's yeah. like one of those situations yeah i um i think yeah you're these these couple of stories that you've got in here are the uh, the the early stages of trying to save any sort of face and oh my yep. god can you believe it we were so i we can't were believe one of the people worked yeah. for the the I, just, I don't we didn't see it coming the money didn't you know that we received from it oh you know, the property where we were buying give that back just happened to be the property that was owned by the the mayor's brother. I can't. I thought it was a really good deal. I had oh no idea. My God, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're yeah. gonna have to try and do anything they can here to save face. But e even after this is said and done, which they will, they'll have to come around on this decision. It it doesn't yeah. even seem conscionable to me that they won't. But once they do come around on this. Um, this is going to be a huge black eye for the UK yeah. because any yeah. major tech merger, which is predominantly where these things are happening, is going yeah. to, they, they might, I'm not going to say they're going to write the UK off because it's, it's a big market to do that, but it might mm -hmm. change the amount of um, uh, importance that they put on, on the, on the United Kingdom, which is only going to screw over yeah. the economy and, and hurt and hurt people that work um because yep. that's all this is is it is just you're just turning your you're turning it off to for everybody else nobody wants to work with an agency like that or a state or a, a country like that that d case in point china why does no why doesn't everybody do business with china because you can't. They make it so yeah. impossible, literally in some cases impossible, to do business that it is not worth yeah. a lot of Western companies doing business in China. So they don't. Yeah. Plain and yep. simple. Because it's not a conductive environment to do business in. And that is exactly. And if they can make it to where it just isn't worth it and people, companies start pulling out because you're being overly restrictive. Because this is happening. Sometimes it's in the name of global warming Sometimes it's the name of whatever act cause or, you know, we're not going to do business with these people. Um, you know, the, some countries will 
kind of like Chinese too, you know, you're guarding yourself in, you got, you gate yourself in, uh, they may, they may do that. Uh, but to, it's going to only hurt their citizens. It's only going to hurt themselves. I think, um, but, there's a term for this, Brian, we'll see what it's happens. Self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. you're kind of, you're kind of creating it here. That's, uh, it's interesting. Um, speaking of Microsoft, um, this is, yeah. this is a concerning story. They got fined twenty million dollars, which is not a lot of money, but it's yeah. it's 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 not an insignificant amount. Twenty million dollars, even for a company like Microsoft, is a lot of money. That's enough for them to piss away on some stupid project. Somebody um, got somebody may have gotten fired for this. Yeah, this is definitely close to fireable at twenty million dollars. But this is the concerning part of it. So there's this thing in the United States known as the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act known as COPPA, C-O-P-P-A, and it's a regulatory law that dictates how privacy and identifying information for children under 13 are collected. Why is that age so important? It's for years, the big thing with Facebook is you can't have a Facebook account if you're under 13 years old. That's why that age of 13 is in there, because if it is, now you have to deal and work under these privacy protection laws and Facebook doesn't want to deal with it. It's why many websites say you have to be 13 to create an account. Um, and yeah. the, what, what it is, is it's a, it's a privacy protection act for children. So anybody under the, I think Epic, it kind of similar, some of the things Epic got in trouble for, right? Yes. I mean, they had some other things on top of that, but I think this was one of the things that was covered in that. Yeah. Um, so this is something that's been in place for quite some time. And now the, and now the federal trade commission, uh, went after Microsoft and settled with them. So they didn't take it to a full court or anything like that, but settled with Microsoft for $20 million and agreed to tighten parental controls. So here's a little backstory on it. Prior to late 2021, so less than two years ago, any user signing up for an Xbox account was asked for their first and last name, email address, and date of birth, along with requests for phone numbers. Users were also asked to agree to Microsoft's service agreement and advertising policy. Up until 2019, a box that allowed Microsoft to send promotional messages and share user data with advertisers was also present and pre-checked, according to the complaint filed by the Justice Department. Users under 13 yep. were not prompted to seek parental consent until after the data had already been submitted. Further details suggest that from 2015 until 2020, Microsoft retained this data even in the event that a parent did not complete the registration process. So if you were under the age of 13 and you filled out your age correctly, which nobody did, um, I, I don't remember when I made my first Xbox, I was like 10 and it was like, oh, are you, how old are you? And I was like, nah, I was born in 1960. Uh, um, but uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, I mean, you know the game and that's how, that's how it is. Yeah. Oh. Don't act like Brian when you were in your Yahoo chat rooms at 11. They didn't ask that, you. I don't think they oh, asked you anything. There oh, yeah, were no restrictions. Yeah, no they restrictions. They didn't have any restrictions while I was younger. What are you talking about? That's why I laugh at it. Just, we didn't, no Back in my day, you could tell you, you could go into a... <laughs> Back day, before you yeah. needed a password to get on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so the problem was if you were, if you entered a birth date under the age of 13 it would still let you create an account and then it would go through the parental process but if the parents never bothered with it or the child never told the parent about it like oh don't yeah. worry about it it was just me creating my Xbox account microsoft was still selling that data to advertisers and storing it improperly which you know i'm i'm not a big government guy i think i've made that pretty clear uh over the last couple of years i'm sure many longtime listeners have seen me morph um <laughs> so i'm not a big fan of, of of general things like this but i do think that there is some role of government in regards to specifically children's privacy yeah. now as an adult i'm 26 years old brian's 3006 years old we can make our own decisions about privacy we're adults and you, you and I choose to use iOS, we choose to use Android, we choose to use Windows. There's all of these stuff, all these things, privacy, that, that, that we choose day in and day out. An 11-year-old yeah. that gets an Xbox and creates an account doesn't know, doesn't have the ability to know, and shouldn't be taken advantage of. Um, and I think it's a serious issue, and it's only becoming more of an issue because you've got you know parenting now by iPads where... 
kids are you know using tablets at what four four or five years old they're yeah. completely affluent in it so this is only going to yeah. become more and more of an issue well yeah and i i, I do think it's going to become more of an issue but i i think with this there's a lot of with kids especially there has to be all these guardrails of of what they can get into because the kid's going to do whatever you put in front of them if they think that it's a door that's supposed to be closed that looks like it can open they're going to go through the door <laughs> right and so i i think that with this it's going to be something to where um you know I, I don't like government stepping in and telling me what i can and can't do on things but there has to be a line google does something really interesting where they have these crazy walls of like with uh with the google accounts i can't transfer i can't transfer their accounts between family groups like you can't transfer their accounts until like they're 13 there's all these restrictions of things you can and can't do before the age of 13 with with an account and then after 13 because our, our oldest you know he's 13 about to turn 14 now but when he turned 13 we could finally then move him to my account so we got to take a, advantage of my play pass because it was impossible until he turned 13 so yeah. because they had to completely segment that data. It's like it's a whole mm -hmm. dead silo, completely separate, because of this because of this law. And it's a lot for a company yeah. to do that. It's why certain companies like Google do it and Just offer no, the yeah. option, and others are like, "Screw it, I'm not going to bother with it. It's too much work." And well, these then we're laws up change to though, over time too. Yeah, they, they do. But, but but there's problems with there's there. I've seen issues where. Laws will change, and then they have to, after the fact, try to force you into things or force changes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that's one place that I think this gets kind of messy is when they start saying, okay, well, this is to you know, help protect children, so then they make it a law that you have to enforce no matter what. And then it messes with old accounts or ones that were made when that wasn't a law and it didn't matter. Well, what do you do with that account? Do you make them close it down? Uh, you know, I just, I think it creates some mess but I think with this, with the like with the FTC, I think they were saying that it was uh, a glitch that, no. that they, this wasn't supposed to happen. If Microsoft claims that it was a technical glitch that led to their systems retaining the information, they're liars. It wasn't supposed to. Well, probably because <laughs> they put the menus in the wrong order, right? An engineer, whether that was on purpose, I don't know if that was on purpose or not. I, I don't think it was on purpose either. But the, but a glitch. But a they gathered it before thing. they made the decision to keep it, and they but then they never dumped it. Like there was a procedure that they started down, but then they forgot that that was was supposed to happen at this point. The dumping part. A glitch is one thing. Incompetence in programming and workflow is another. That is not a glitch. When you build a system and yeah. allow a twelve-year-old to opt into advertising before you do the verification, that's not a glitch. It was. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. You just. Didn't yeah. program it correctly. Um, well, so I'm and, sure yeah, that's what they're going to claim. This seems more of a just... It's just nobody caught it because it wasn't... Nobody thought about it up until now. Which is a... You know, and that that's why I'm saying this is a huge deal. Because there there yeah. does need to be some level of... Um, damn, I, I, I got... I feel like a scumbag saying this stuff like this with the government. But there's got to be some level of protection at a certain level. Yeah. Um, and this is it. Now well, the reality, I think the honest just reality totally is, blanket. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna like Europe in some areas. I know that they kind of do a blanket. You're not allowed to gather on anybody unless they opt in, and just I would then say then a 13 year old doesn't have you know anyone under the age of 13 doesn't have the option to opt in. That way, everybody for all of these things where you're gathering, you, nothing is defaulted to yes. I make the decision to yes on everything just because that's what they're doing with all their cookie stuff and everything from you know, ever since they did change those laws. Uh, changed it to where we don't, quit. They, we won't run into these problems anymore. Make everything opt in. You're not allowed to force choices on me anymore. Mm. Um, I can choose to have you pre-fill something for me if I say yes, but everything else by default is opt in. Uh, make you know you can still make it easy for the user but I, I think that would save a lot of these headaches and you know the privacy issues and people feeling like they're tricked because some people aren't tricked they're just not smart you know it will and that's what it comes down to sometimes it might save some of the headaches you're right but you know what it also does is it creates significant less amounts of data 
that are sellable to they advertisers. Can gather. I'm fine which, with that. I know. Well, you can. You're fine with it all you want. Microsoft and Google, their biggest business is selling freaking yep. user data. Their Google's biggest business is not their search engine itself. It's selling the data about you, the metadata that to yep. advertisers to sell it to sell things to you. That's their market. The reason opt-in is is a, such a foreign concept for these oh, excuse me foreign is not the right word the reason opt-in doesn't really exist is because they don't want people to know what they're agreeing to that's the that's why yeah. eulas in terms of service are the size of a you know warm piece they don't want you to know because well, they that's can sell also the data. why youtube doesn't have a skip forward 30 seconds and the skip back 10 seconds button because they don't want you skipping past the ads I well, mean, they, they're, they're creating... they have with the, they have that with the keyboard. Oh, do they? But not yeah, something like on a phone where you can just yeah, skip actually, back. Yeah, on the iPhone you can uh, d you double tap and it 15 seconds in each direction. Oh, does it? Oh, like well, I'll try it on. I, yeah, they don't I use it all the time. That on an Android I, that I'm like, I've oh, seen. it's like oh, and it's something to tell you about her. All right, welcome back for this. Show. Okay, so they've <laughs> got exactly it built in there, yeah. but they, do, but do they show it to you? I mean, they don't yeah. make it easy to access because they. They don't, but they don't. They they don't want everyone to know that you can skip past. I don't know. You can't I mean, even really skip past the ads. They lock yeah. you into the ads now, so maybe that's why. Well, their their uh, their ads no, but the, but but the built-in ads because yeah. people are doing live reads now. Yeah, uh, just double two minute, three minute live reads sometimes, and that's the beauty of a, a podcast is you can be like, okay, thirty seconds forward. Yeah. Okay, just is that a minute read? Okay, you, we, we got past it. If you have the video open, you double tap on the right side of the video for forward and double tap on the left or back. Yeah, that's it's, it's always great. irritating me about YouTube. Is I use it all the time, I just, daily. I love that about podcasts, being able to skip because you get a live read going, you can skip past. But now for people that don't use ads in YouTube, they do the live reads. It's like you're you're kind of stuck unless you're... Well, I will it. state for the record, as a man that works in an advertising, advertising-driven uh, yeah. business... I think the Support. advertisers are great. Um, and advertising is it great. allows for free stuff like your radio. Well, it, it is free for is people to listen to free. Yes, it yeah. is. It's not essential. It, to that's what created free. the idea of free for, yes. for, for, for and that's what the Internet. You know, there's there's a lot of things that people are able to do things that they do on the Internet because YouTube advertising, all of these things, advertising, Twitter, um, Facebook. And it brought all these things that you think are really cool, but they're doing it, as you said, by gleaning your information and selling it to the highest bidder. Absolutely. And uh, that's that's what you sign up for. And there's no such thing as a free lunch. And in the case, your data is the is the lunch that you're eating, I guess. Uh, or no, the lunch that. The, yeah. yeah, never mind. That's what's that's you're that's being uh, that, that, you're being that, <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. All right. Um, got a uh, got a couple minutes left before we get out of here. What else is going on? All right, let's uh, well, let's touch on something here really quick. That um, there, there was a game that we had talked about a long time ago, okay. and uh, it, remember when I would talked about uh, life is futile? Is this the game with the doors that didn't? It work? was the super hardcore. It's like the super hardcore survival game. But the game, the, do the doors didn't work. Um, no, that was a different one. That was oh, not the okay. super hardcore game. That was okay, the, that sorry. was another medieval game where that yeah. Was that Where the Amazon the, uh, game? Was that New World? No, that the, no, that wasn't. This this was one that had no, but I know it's one you're thinking about. I just can't remember the name of it. <laughs> okay. Life know. is futile. But life life is futile was just a super hardcore survival. Oh, you know, okay. Yes, I do remember this. Yes. Well, they shut down for a while. Um, and then they pop back up and they're selling the option that for twenty dollars you can join into a play test. Of which, a game that's out? And they're doing it. Well, no, it's not out. They're going to be doing a play test now to, so they can test to going to releasing it. And so it's kind of like what they did, I guess, with H1Z1, if you really think about it. But this is $20 per month. It's not oh, my God. They want you to join the play test for $20, and it's a subscription. $20 a month? It's more than Game Pass. Yes. I I know. So holy, it's that's, a super, a, that's two Twitter Blue subscriptions, Brian. That's a lot of money. I know. Wow. <laughs> so th this is something I just I thought it was interesting. They're trying to build just a gigantic MMO. I mean, the, oh. it's it's a gigantic MMO where you can have your own castle and build your oh, own yeah. castle and I have your own lands before. and 
um they're the closest i've seen get to it but it is a super hardcore game where you're like getting a stick and then you're, you're trying to dig in the earth with a stick just to get a, a pebble to make a it's it's a, maybe a bow and arrow or something but it, it's just it's hardcore and so if you're casual it's not the thing to play but 20 dollars a month i'm sure you get some people that will do it because they'll just put tons of time into this game but oh, it's okay. It's yeah, I remember this. So there's two different versions. There's Life is Feudal Your Own. That was the game that was on Steam yep. for so long. And now this is the Life is Feudal MMO. And then they Yeah, because they kind of broke it apart and they yeah. had it to where there was Life is Feudal and it was like a a, a town building game or something. Yes. yes. Where you could build and then there was uh yeah, Life is Feudal MMO, which was supposed to include all these different pieces, because those were supposed to be pieces that we're going towards building the MMO. Um, and so this should have everything to where you have the city management, you know, the huge open world. Okay. So I was right though. This is part of the issue. And it, it says down here in the article, it's $20 a month, but that's for everybody. Regardless, some people spent between 30 and a hundred dollars on the different versions of the game when it was available on steam it was being so kickstarted you, too. If so I you may have like spent people to support it. You may have spent 50 bucks on this game buying this version back in 2018 when it came out and that now that's done and you're still and so even though you bought that you now still have to get subscribe to this $20 a month uh subscription. That is retarded. That makes no sense at all. Yeah. And they were struggling to get enough people to play, you know, these various pieces of it in the first place. You're putting a huge pay gate on whatever you do i mean maybe if they're wanting to test one server you can get enough people on there to really but test one server but why there's dedicated. not even a dem there's not even a demand to play it if it's free yeah uh it, it's just it's a super hardcore game i mean there'll be people that play it but finding that audience you know, it's not going to be your average game that you go to your the person that you at the bar and be like hey you play life is futile they're like what are you talking about it's just so it's, it'll be a certain specialty game i think for a certain type of player all right, this is this is very rudimentary information, but let's take it for what it's worth. So this is a Steam DB. This is lifetime player count, and its yeah. max was back in 2014 at 7,000. It peaked again in 2018 yep. around 3,000, and that's been it. I mean, there's no player base. This company might generate like a couple of hundred dollars a month, like maybe three or four hundred dollars a month. That's it. Yeah, and that's going to be a problem. Well, how are you going to build the largest and, MMO ever with no with eighteen players? Well, you've got to come up with a way that to pay for it and be able to handle the infrastructure. If you're going to, if you're claiming something that big, you got to have the infrastructure to handle a ton of people. But see, this is always the issue: is you you it's you can't MMOs are expensive to run. Yeah, you. We understand that. There's a fixed cost for servers and data and all of that. You, I don't know why every... It seems like every freaking MMO that we've ever covered on this show has wanted to be the largest, the most expansive, the biggest... Uh, what was that one that we saw pa one at PAX where you would run around? We have the t-shirts for it. Rends. Res, uh, rend. 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 Where are they going to be the biggest MMO this? And it's going to be the biggest battles that you've ever seen. There's never been a player base for these games. Guys, create yeah. a small-scale MMO, and then when you have 150,000 players, hire a bunch of developers, kick up the development to 1,000%, and blow the socks yep. off your players. But all of these companies come in with this stupid expectation that we're going to charge $20 a month, which is more than a, a freaking Netflix subscription... For you to play yep. some video game with this with eight other people, it's this. It doesn't make any sense. This is worse than the CMA's well, decision. <laughs> well, and this is something that it only makes sense if they can get a huge player base to make a huge infrastructure to have a giant world. Problem is, they're wanting to offer the giant world with a very small player base. Well, the type of player I am, if you're telling me there's a giant world, I want to run to the farthest extent of the of the world and see how far it goes. Like I want to just start running and. Keep going until I can the see where again. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're not expecting <laughs> me to go there. Um, and so you're going to have to have the server that has the capability to do that. If I'm going to be on your server. Well, 
why would you build that out for the 12, 12 20 people that you maybe have playing playing your game? May, as you said, that's a perfect idea. Make it smaller. Make it to where you it's fun. Build up yes. that player base and then expand it out and make it open to the world to see as people start to kind of like, you know, Facebook started really small and then people discovered it and they had to, they, the reason they're still around is because they expanded fast enough, right? You get the, a game that's going to be gigantic has to be something that can grow fast, keep up with it and make it to where everybody's getting, feeling like that they're having the same experience across the whole thing. I just, I, I just, I just don't understand why, where this idea is coming from. I don't know that we have not seen we've not seen any success. I mean, I can't name one of those games that we have ever talked about with all of this stuff um in regards It's always silly ones like Rust, you know, that that kind of take it Rust, a part of it, but then they but don't Rust keep it. Never, it's not a hardcore. But that Rust level. never it's not a hardcore in the same way these this is. But Rust isn't even that big. Those maps are relatively small. Rust never claimed yeah. to be Oh, you're talking Rust, about his world size. Like, well, yeah. I'm just talking about this whole concept of we're going to be Rust. Rust isn't even an MMO, um, and they didn't ever claim to be the. They just claimed to be a sandbox. I mean, it was Gary. It was a new version of Gary's mod, essentially, with a little bit of it with PvP and stuff. But all of these games are going to be the Atlas. The sh the scale is so big, you'll be able to drive your ship forever, and it will never stop. You'll just go from server to server yeah. to server to server to server. It's so expansive. Star Citizen, it's the it's bigger than the real galaxy. None of this has ever worked. Why do we we all yeah. have the same? It's it's a failed track record. There's no success with this roadmap, and everybody still does it. Who's the stupid jackass that? is uh, getting uh, Chronicles of Illyria. Brian, he yeah. told us in person in 2017 yeah. that Chronicles of Illyria was going to be the biggest video game ever made. Ever made. Yeah. Him and his wife were going to build the biggest video game that had ever been, con that had ever been, con uh, ever thought of. The, 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 yeah. No concept had ever been as great as his. I don't, I don't, and, and, I don't and, understand. And I remember... I, and I remember walking away saying us making comments to each other about how it, it was pretty much just taking every single little check, you know, checkbox of what yes. you would want to put in. If you took everybody's opinion of what they want to put in a video game of that type, <laughs> just saying, okay, yes to all. That's what it felt like walking away that he pretty much just took everything and said, this is what it's going to have. Of course he didn't, didn't deliver on any of that, but I think it's really in the, in the end, what I think will win out and be what this type of a game is is something to where it's not so much about being an online game, but being a game where the type of technology like the Apple is putting out, where you can immerse yourself into it, integrate a heavy level of AI to where they only have to render what's around you and estimate what's going to happen out farther out or use AI to come up with likely what happened so that you can walk around in this world where there's people and things that are happening like, like it's really happening and you've immersed yourself into a giant world. Like that makes sense to me because you don't have a huge server infrastructure trying to do that. But with these, they want to they want to put a thousand people on a map. Okay, well, great, a thousand people. Um, you know, there's times I'm in a room with a thousand people. That's not enough to sustain a company. Uh, you know, it, I, I want I want to, when they say big, like the metaverse, I want it to be big. And I don't think having it to where everybody's running around each other in these big environments is what makes sense. AI is going to make it to where it makes sense to where you can make it to where big isn't repetitive. And I think that's what they have to get past because all these things end up being really repetitive. And it, it, to me, it's not even the, it's to me, it's not even the repetition. It's none of these games have any concept of gaining a user base. So you can spend a gazillion yeah. dollars on AI and s servers and everything else. And it doesn't matter if you don't have a core audience or honestly, an interesting concept besides of, as you mentioned, yeah. the laundry list of, Oh, look, Here's every feature that every video game has had in the last 15 years, all in one. Great. It's never going to yep. happen. And I get it. You know, you're always every, the visionary. I'm not a, I'm not a visionary. I'm not a big, I'm not a big thinking person or whatever. So maybe I just can't comprehend it, but it just seems like all of these ideas are so vast, so extreme with four guys from you know, Romania or Chechnya developing the game and it's like yeah. I just I I don't I don't get it. Just build a freaking cool game like Firewatch. 
that is small. The game was an hour and a half long. And I have a t-shirt and it's got a cult following. It doesn't have to be everything. It just has to be good and people will buy it and play it. But I think it has to be that natural growth where people are wanting to play it. Like they're estimating, I I don't have the article in front of me, but that GTA 6 is going to make like a billion in the first day or something. I'm sure it will. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be one where... (laughs) <laughs> that's the thing is for things like this either if it's going to grow from small it's got to be that natural fire that just makes it keep growing that's why i said like facebook to where they kept up with the growth that's why they're they were on top for so long i think a game like this that's that giant can't come in with swinging saying we're going to be the biggest we're going to have all of this make something that is super fun playable and then um you know if you're wanting to be a giant world figure out how you're going to let everybody continue to join it and it feel like you know they're just joining the game and it's not changing the game like that's what they're going to figure out and hopefully when one figures that out i think you'll have a a big open world game but right now all of these abuse have been the same it's been we're gonna and then they just can't deliver on any of it well fortunately brian for folks that want to keep up to date with you it's not an expansive sandbox and the biggest thing (laughs) that's that's ever existed it's just a couple of social media platforms right Oh, yeah. If you want to find me at Boise Computer on Twitter or at Brian Aldridge on Gab Getter or Truth Social, uh, if you want to go check out my blog, biteoftech.com, or if most importantly, go to our website, infectionpodcast.com, and join our server on Discord. If you go to the upper right hand side, you can do that. Uh, there's a show news uh, channel that if you want to put, toss a link in there, a video, whatever it is that you want us to reference before the live show, uh, we look at those and it's a good chance that they'll make it into our show notes. Uh, if you want to uh, play some ARC, there's 11 ARC servers running on there and a Conan Exiles server. We also have politics. If you want to jump in, you can join the politics and then uh, join that chat as well if you'd like. We have a video of ways of watching us through Twitch and YouTube, which is live. And then uh, after the fact, you can get through Rumble as well. If you're going to be listening through the lower right-hand side, there's a lot of different ways you can listen, but those are all recorded and uploaded after the fact. Uh, if you are, there's a video and audio player built into the show notes for that particular episode. And you can watch or listen and, and follow along with links or videos that we have referenced throughout the show. Makes it really easy if you're going to listen, but want to still be able to see some of the video or see an image that we we're talking about. So perfect uh, addendum to the show. And if you want to support us, you can do that through support option up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Yep, absolutely. We've got a lot of folks continuing their uh, monthly support through uh, Twitch. That is uh, greatly appreciated. Brian, greatly appreciate you, and uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Yep, see you later. All right, folks, uh, similar to Brian, you can uh, hit me up on uh, Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig and uh, check out my daily antics. I do a uh, morning radio show here in North Carolina. You can find details on that at nickcraig.com. But, you know, love to uh, check out some of these images from this uh, Apple Vision Pro thing where you can find show notes and links to everything that we talked about on our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.